Today we're going to be talking with Justin Angra. He's an experienced security researcher who has a demonstrated history of working in the computer network security industry. He's skilled in app security, pen testing, networking, as well as dynamic and static code analysis. He's also an avid CTF player. In fact, stick around to the end of the podcast where Justin talks about his involvement with the CTF team at opentoallctf.github.io. Justin will be teaching a class he created called Intro to Chrome Exploitation for the upcoming OWASP Portland 2019 Training Day. This will be on Wednesday, September 25th at the World Trade Center building in downtown Portland. Just Google for OWASP Portland Training Day 2019 to get the specifics. Justin, I want to thank you so much for coming out and taking the time to talk with us today. Well, thank you, John. I really appreciate you having me here today. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into security? Sure. So uh, my first introduction to security was actually messing around with MySpace pages as a kid. I would you know, see my friend's pages, kind of get jealous of their source code. So I'd go in, I'd take the code, and I edit myself. And then as I started wanting to kind of one-up them, I learned more about HTML and more about JavaScript, and it kind of like snowballed from there. But it was around that time that the Sammy worm just started hitting the news everywhere. And the second I started reading about that, it just blew up my interest about the entire field. So I just wanted to learn more. Started reading frack articles, playing war games, uh, and then like, you know, starting installing Linux from scratch, just kind of messing around. But uh, the caveat is that when I was growing up, I had this other passion. It was actually for physics. So starting from high school through college, I decided to pursue physics as a career and eventually became a researcher at low energy theoretical nuclear physics in college. But after my first year of grad school, I kind of felt burnt out and I realized I found myself skipping assignments to play war games and CTFs at night and staying up all night. One day it just kind of clicked that I should probably be doing something I love doing that I don't feel like I should be pushing off. So I just kind of dropped everything and started over in security. Obviously physics and everything is quite different, but to me, that's more like sort of a formal track. You have this formal education, a formal process, theories, proofs, and so forth. Are there any similarities whatsoever in security, or is it just completely opposite where you're sort of doing your ad hoc thinking, or, or is there also somewhat of a process that you go through? I say there's definitely a lot of layover. So I focused a lot on um, physics and mathematics. So I did a lot of theoretical things, but beyond just you know writing proofs and doing a bunch of integrals and stuff like that, it really gives you an incredible sense of critical thinking, ways to approach problems that you don't really know what you're even approaching, ways to think outside of the normal methods that you'll be taught in um, less formal settings. And I think that really helps me apply to uh, a lot of the research that I do. I, it gives me a way to like enumerate everything, take very thorough notes, and really try to approach it in a more granular fashion. That seems like one of the weaker points, particularly for offensive security, is the report generation. Some people are very, very good at finding the vulnerabilities and everything. But you mentioned something uh, I think important is when you're going through that process of generating report and trying to understand who your target is, I'm assuming that training as well from the physics side, uh, especially through experimentation, has helped you a lot. Oh, definitely. Uh, there's even times where I was a teaching assistant for one of the lower level classes and just having to take the knowledge that I had and figuring out a way to explain it in a manner that kept the students interested and taught them what they needed to learn was a very valuable experience. And I think I draw a lot of that in my reporting, where I can 
take this really complicated exploit or this complicated bug or maybe this simple just chain and try to write it in a way that both the engineers understand as well as executives understand. That's great. So let's talk about the training coming up now. You're, the topic you have is intro to Chrome exploitation. What kind of training is that going to be? And is there a prerequisite for students to get into that? So this training, as, as you said, is the uh, topics and introduction to Chrome exploitation. So the idea is that I will be covering all the introductory topics for any student to just begin researching browser exploitation, and in this case, specifically Chrome exploitation. So we'll be focusing a lot on um, Chrome's renderer engine. So uh, it's JavaScript engine V8. Basically, the majority of the class will be going through browser internals, really trying to give all the students a great understanding of what the actual inside of a browser looks like, what happens when a browser loads a page, and all the nitty-gritty details under that, as well as where do you find all this code? How do you sift through you know, 30,000 lines of code? And what kind of vulnerabilities have existed in the past? What patterns should you look for? Uh, as for prerequisites, since you know, browser exploitation, is spe even specific to Chrome, could probably take up a semester course, if not longer, in a formal university setting. Since we only have three and a half hours, I'll be moving fast and I'll be covering a, a lot of material. So while I don't have any strict prerequisites, a familiarity with uh, GDB, familiar, familiarity with general uh, memory corruption exploitations, and a familiarity with like the weird part of JavaScript would be really helpful, at least for understanding and following along. One of the things I, I noticed and the previous employer I was at, we dealt with web security, web security application. And, but one thing I realized along the way, which I didn't know in the beginning, is how much, how much trust as consumers, if you will, that we have to put into the browsers to enforce any of these security mitigations. Have you noticed, um, and I did a kind of a quick update or, or a look, if you will, as far as the latest CVEs that are associated with some of the browsers and Chrome just this year is coming in about 173 of them. And Firefox is, I think is somewhere around 70 and Edge 76 and Safari also around 70. What's your, what's your perspective on just overall browser security as, as they're supposedly maturing Overall, I'd say browser security is definitely maturing. If you look at it a few years back even, um, browsers have these things called JIT pages, which are essentially memory pages. And a few years back, these memory pages were both readable, writable, and executable all at the same time. It's like running all your binaries with an executable stack. So even in just the past few years, they've changed it to these JIT pages to be read or execute kind of in a manner similar to what you would see on a standard um, like C protections. But beyond that, browsers are extremely, browser code bases are extremely fast paced and extremely fast moving. There are things that the V8 team or even the Safari's JSC team will rip out of the browser source code, complete components and introduce massively new components into it. And whenever there's new code, there's going to be new bugs. So some of the exploits that you will be showing, some of these vulnerabilities, are there things that obviously there's application security, whether it's the back end stuff or even the client side coding, are some of these secure, these vulnerabilities that you're talking about, are they preventable still uh, from say the developer's perspective or this is, this is just coming from the browser itself? This is often almost completely separate from application security. Uh, a give a good perspective is that Chrome has a mitigation in place called uh, site mitigation. 
such that each tab runs its own process so that one tab can't reach out and talk to a site on a different tab. So that's kind of a step above where the application developers would be. So the application developers would be having their CSP policies, they'll be making sure that there is no, or there's no X-frame options, et cetera, et cetera. But then one step abstracted behind that is that Chrome has its own built-in protections to ensure that if for some reason there was some JavaScript on a application that corrupted memory of the actual browser, it wouldn't be affectable. It wouldn't affect beyond that tab. Yeah, and and that's the same thing. You don't, as far as an application developer goes, they don't have control of which browsers that people are using anyway. I'll say a good analogy would be um, in the aspect of kernel exploitation. So you can make applications for Windows, you can make applications for Linux, but if there is an underlying vulnerability of that OS, there's not much those developers can really do about that. So another question I had is if somebody like... In your case, it sounds like you've been doing this for a while, for at least in different areas. But if somebody was interested in getting into learning more about exposing and even finding vulnerabilities, what's a good place for them to start? I'd say a, one of the really good places to start is uh, CTFs and going through old CVEs. So recently, there's been a big surge in the CTF community to start including browser exploitation vulnerabilities in CTF challenges. Uh, because of this, there's a lot of good write-ups now from it. I know Salo and Suro, one of the most or four, four, forefront browser exploitation researchers, have a lot of articles, a lot of um, challenges, and a lot of solution write-ups for those. So it's a really good way to understand what the vulnerability patterns are, where they often occur. And going through the CVEs in general, be, from either Firefox, Safari, or Chrome, are incredible ways to really understand how these vulnerabilities are discovered and how they're tested and how they're ex- or, uh, how they're exploited further. And ultimately, what do you hope the students will get out of this as they're walking away from class? What do you hope they get out of it? What I really hope they get out of it is that they leave the class understanding a few things. One, that the modern web browser architecture is much more complex than we ever imagined it to be. With so many people using browsers on every single device, everyone going to any random web page, it's incredible what could possibly happen. But more importantly, I hope that they leave the training knowing how to get started in research if they're interested in it. They know where to get the source code. They know how to build the packages. They know where to start reading for uh, vulnerabilities. They know what types of vulnerabilities exist, some good areas where they can uh, find old CVEs, old exploits, as well as the overall familiarity with how the actual internal system of the browser works. And I would assume too, if they control the entire ecosystem, let's say from again the, the development side or deployment side, is really the probably the most that they can do is just make sure that they have the latest browser updates and patches accordingly, right? Definitely. So one of the largest things is actually that a majority of Chrome users are not actually running the latest Chrome. Of all the browsers on the web, Chrome has a roughly 30% share. And of that 30%, 18% are running the most recent stable version of Chrome. So that is, if you're even one version back, that CVE for some out-of-bounds overwrite two months ago would still make you vulnerable or would still allow you to be exploited. So with Chrome, besides the CV process, I, I'm assuming it's probably better to go to the source from Google itself with the, with the most up-to-date security news related to Chrome? 
Yeah, so Chrome is a great bug tracking system. And on top of that, because they're in the same parent company, Project Zero has a great, great research setting for uh, all Chromium and V8 bugs as well. One more question to you. Do you have anything that you have coming up that you want to talk about? One of the biggest reasons why I got back into security and how I got so motivated to keep going was CTFs. And I joined the CTF team called Open to All. And it is such a great community of really intelligent people that all help you self-motivate. And from just two years of being there, I've progressed as a security professional and as a researcher immensely. And if anyone's ever looking for a team and they want to play CTFs, um, open to all is literally open to all. If you want to apply, you just read through the rules, submit an application, and you'll be accepted as soon as there is not an ongoing CTF. Then you can join us, hang out, hang out in the community, and play CTFs with us. Thank you so much, Justin. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. This podcast is brought to you by the Portland, Oregon chapter of the Open Web Application Security Project, OWASP. Check us out online and see how we're making the web a more secure place. Music is by Tomo and Animoy. And my name is John Whiteman. Thanks for listening.